0: From API, this is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day.
1: Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. When you fill up your car with gasoline, you might have seen the sign on the pump that says, May contain 10% ethanol. These signs are very common in many parts of the country today because increasing amounts of this corn-based fuel are being added to gasoline. Almonado has been following the use of ethanol in gasoline for many years, and he's in the studio today to provide some basic information about ethanol's role in the U.S. fuel supply. Al is Fuels Issues Manager at API and previously worked at the Environmental Protection Agency. Welcome, Al. Thanks, Jane. Let's give our listeners some very basic information about ethanol. First of all, why is it added to gasoline?
0: Well, ethanol is an established component of U.S. transportation fuel. We've been adding ethanol to gasoline since 1979. Ethanol is a valuable gasoline blend stock because it is high in octane. Given the current and projected worldwide energy demand, the U.S. needs all sources of energy, as well as a greater commitment to energy efficiency and energy security. Biofuels, including ethanol, are an important resource.
1: Under federal law, Al, how much ethanol is supposed to be added to gasoline this year? Hasn't Congress mandated certain amounts?
0: Yes, the Renewable Fuel Standard, or RFS, passed by Congress last December greatly increased the existing biofuels mandate and established increasing requirements. So, in this year, in 2008, we are required to use 9 billion gallons a year versus the old standard of 5.4 billion gallons. In 2012, the standard is 12.2, and the old standard was 7.5. That mandate grows to be 36 billion gallons in 2022. And just to give you some perspective, last year when the standard was 4.7 billion gallons, our industry used almost 7 billion gallons. In fact, currently, almost two-thirds of the, of the gasoline we use contains ethanol.
1: Well, that's a pretty big percentage, actually. Um, But does ethanol always account for roughly 10% of the fuel per volume?
0: Well, under current law, ethanol can be used in gasoline in two ways. It can be used in up to 10% by volume blends in all vehicles and engines. And except in California, where they use a 5.8% blend, it's generally used as a 10% blend but it can also be used as E85, which is a blend of 70 to 85% ethanol and gasoline. E85 is an alternative fuel which is used in flexible fuel vehicles. Now, I talked about the RFS, and because the RFS will require more ethanol than can be used in the existing fleet, API is working with a multi-stakeholder research coordination group that includes EPA, DOE, the automakers, the non-road engine manufacturers and the ethanol industry to look at intermediate blends. So those would be blends from 11% to, say, 30%. Um, We call that E10+. And we're looking at whether we can use that type of blend in in some segment of vehicle and engine fleets. Basically, this group is working to identify research gaps and to fill those gaps.
1: And obviously to continue to increase the volume of ethanol that's in the fuel.
0: Exactly. We've, we, under, we are under federal mandate to increase it significantly, and we're going to go past 10% uh, in 2010, 2011, so we need additional research done.
1: For the sake of consumers or motorists who are seeing these signs on the pumps, tell me about mileage. How can ethanol affect your gas mileage?
0: Uh, it it does affect mileage. As I said, ethanol is con- compatible with the existing fer- vehicle fleet. However, because ethanol contains about 30 percent less energy uh, than gasoline. Its use results in reduced fuel economy, and the amount of that reduction in fuel economy depends on the percentage of ethanol used with the gasoline.
1: And how does ethanol affect air quality?
0: Well, first, it's important to note that there are there is very little emissions test data on the very newest vehicle fleet, the 2006 uh, vehicles, and the government is conducting an extensive test program on that uh, vehicle fleet. Um, In fact, DOE issued an interim report just last week on the existing fleet, and they concluded that ethanol has little impact on regulated tailpipe emissions. But generally... Oxides of nitrogen increase slightly, and carbon monoxide decrease with the use of ethanol. Um, However, it's important to note that evaporative emissions of VOCs, which are volatile organic compounds, do increase when ethanol is added to gasoline.
1: Al, you mentioned E85 in uh, response to an earlier question. I know that automobile makers have been making these so-called flexible fuel vehicles for several years, apparently for the E85 market. Do you have to have a flexible fuel vehicle to use E85?
0: Yes, you do. Uh, It's important to note that only about 3% of the vehicle fleet are flexible fuel vehicles. And um, as I mentioned, E85 is an alternative Fuel and it contains 70 to 85 percent ethanol with the remainder gasoline. Now, uh, the reason why it has to be used in a flexible fuel vehicle is that ethanol corrodes aluminum and and it can swell rubber. So, in order for it to be used in the very high concentrations we're talking about, um, you have to make special modifications to the vehicle distribution system in order to use it. Um, so. If you use E85 in a non-flexible fuel vehicle, it's going to damage the vehicle itself. And in addition, using E85 in an existing vehicle that's not a flex-fuel vehicle is actually misfueling. It's actually a violation of federal law. So you don't want to do it for that reason also.
1: Well, how does E85 in terms of mileage compare to gasoline? Let's say that I have a flexible fuel vehicle, and I have the option of either filling up with gasoline or E85. Am I going to see a big difference, or is that flexible fuel vehicle uh, containing certain components that perhaps would get better mileage using E85?
0: No, it it won't get better mileage basically because of the reduction in energy content in the ethanol, uh, when you blend it at the 70 to 85% rate, you get on average about 25 to 30% less miles per gallon uh, than you would with gasoline.
1: Right now, Al, ethanol is made largely from corn, but what are the prospects of creating ethanol from wood chips, switchgrass, or any other commodity that could make it economical to produce ethanol, perhaps more economical than it is today?
0: Researchers at cellulosic ethanol companies, Government and academic labs are engaged in extensive R&D, both convert biomass to ethanol and for growing more productive strains of biomass, which could be switchgrass or other type of crops. Um, as you mentioned, right now the conversion is a very expensive and water-intensive multi-stage process. Last week, the government biofuel, biomass research development board issued a national biofuels action plan to address this very question. Um, in that plan, the board stated that production costs remain too high for biomass-based fuels to compete in the marketplace. They stated that you need, we, what we need is a transformational breakthrough in basic and applied science. Um, The question is, when is that going to occur? It's difficult to predict when that will occur, um, but it's also important to note that not only ethanol companies and government researchers, but also the oil industry is actively involved in conducting this R&D or with partnering with others doing this research. So our industry is directly involved in searching for those economic solutions.
1: Are there other fuels perhaps on the horizon other than ethanol and and, uh, oil products that might make it possible to reduce our use of oil as a transportation fuel?
0: Well, Jane, almost daily there are press reports of new processes that may hold promise for the future. For example, the one we we read a lot about right now is algae. Clearly, it's too early to pick winners and losers, so we think that the government should support basic research and allow the marketplace to assess the economic viability of these alternative fuels. Um, Even with our best efforts in this area, however, we will still need oil and natural gas. The U.S. DOE estimates that fossil fuel will continue to meet over 80% of energy demand both here in the U.S. and globally through 2030. 30. Therefore, a comprehensive solution to meeting America's energy demand will involve increased supplies of all sources of energy, including ethanol and other biofuels, and also domestically produced fossil fuels.
1: Very good. Al, thank you so much for addressing what is obviously a very complex question, this question of ethanol and its use in our fuel supply. And thank you for joining us today on Energy Tomorrow Radio.
0: It was my pleasure. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.